Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the November issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Heavier Feeder Cattle Placements Amid Meat Processing Plant Issues. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the author, Dr. Elliot Dennis, who's a livestock marketing and risk management economist at the University of Nebraska. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Dennis. Yes, thanks for having me, Aaron. Dr. Dennis, in this article, you highlight some of the key things that are driving fed market cattle conditions. Share with us a little more from your perspective about what those factors are, how they're shaping the market currently, and also how they might be influencing the market as we move through the rest of this fall into the winter. Yeah, I think the two things that I really see impacting the market uh, for the fed cattle market, and of course, those are going to be then trickled down into the feeder cattle market is really the feeding conditions. Um, and also kind of what this uh, government regulations are going to be on COVID-19 as we go into the winter. We know that uh, just like the flu, COVID has tended to uh, spike in the winter months. And unfortunately, that's when people actually want to go out and eat at food service because they want to get out of their home. They want to do something, but they don't necessarily want to go outside because it's a little bit colder in most places. And oftentimes they'll just go to restaurants. But uh, as we saw last year, those started to shut down and really kind of hampered food service demand. And so how we see uh, both the political and the um, kind of the local region's uh, impact on just different COVID-19 measures will have a really big impact on uh, really the domestic meat demand. And, and that's going to be uh, passed down to the wholesale and eventually down to the end of the fed cattle market. Right now, uh, the market is actually really pricing that in. So what we kind of see is that the uh, really the December live cattle contract is uh, is basically saying uh, we want you to to place animals farther in the future. Uh, give an example: the October uh, live cattle contract traded at was trading at about one twenty two when I first uh, wrote this article. And the April 2022 contract was trading at 136. So basically what that's saying is continue to place animals and try to place them to hit that April market. Uh, as I mentioned, the second thing that's really going to be impacting fed cattle demand is going to be uh, the price of corn. And to give an example of kind of where they're at, uh, K-State releases what they call their focus on feedlot, which is really just a compilation from a whole bunch of feedlots and they give kind of their costs, what they're placing, at what price they're placing. And really between uh, 2020 and five-year average, 2015 to 2019, total, uh, total feed costs were about $80 per hundredweight. Uh, with the higher feed costs we were experiencing this year, uh, 2021 feed prices were at a little over $100 per hundredweight. And so a sizable increase in the cost of feed uh, that we're experiencing. And that's, of course, reflected in the, you could call the December harvest corn contract, which was trading at about 533. Dr. Dennis, as we look at other factors that may be impacting the market from a retail perspective or actually a consumer perspective, how might some of the inflationary things we've seen occur? I'm thinking here about energy prices, things like that impact also what we might see happen with meat demand. 
just as consumers maybe have a little less money in their pockets? Yeah, so we know uh, inflation can really do two things. If we're talking about it from the producer side, what that ends up being is higher input costs. We've already seen that some with fertilizer and gas prices. And really what that ultimately does is raise the cost of production and shrink profit margins. Uh, What we've seen is that given, so if we're looking at corn production, for example, with the, even with the higher fertilizer and gas prices, there's still enough margin to still make profit. It's just not going to be as large. Um, And so that's primarily from the producer side, what we experience with inflation from the consumer side, ultimately what that happens is uh, as inflation goes up, people have less buying power. And with that less buying power, they can, they spend less money on, on different products. Beef in particular is particularly susceptible to market uh, runs either up or down. And that's primarily because uh, beef is primarily affected by people's income. And so when people have more income, they have more disposable income, they tend to prefer beef products to, let's say, pork or chicken. I'm not saying that, you know, they're superior in other way. It's just when we observe that people's buying cycles over time, both within the U.S. and um, abroad, as people's income goes up. And so inflation, essentially, what it does is it reduces people's buying power. And as their costs go up, they start to reallocate their money. And one of the things that they reallocate their money away from is, is beef. One of the things in the article you highlight is the heavier placement of feeder cattle. Obviously, feed yards, as they look at their feed cost again right now, it tends to be a driver for them to want to place heavier cattle. Also, historically, I would say in many cases, when we see heavier cattle placed, they also go out at a heavier weight. So we have larger carcasses at harvest. And then the thing you shared earlier where the market is really telling the feed yard producer right now, let's try to place cattle that'll come out in April. And so there's some incentive right now to carry cattle longer because the futures price is higher than the current market price. How might all those factors drive beef cattle production, the amount of weight of beef that's harvested as we look now through, say, April, May of 2022? Yeah, uh, this is part of a large trend that's been happening. And what we've uh, really experienced is market segmentation and market specialization. Uh, Texas has really gone away from placing heavier cattle. And by heavier cattle, I mean anything really above 750, pounds. A very small portion of the total cattle on feed that they'll place every month is over 800 or over 750 to 800 pounds. And they've primarily been a calf-fed feedlot focus. And so when we talk about different things like BRD and uh, different health problems, that's primarily driven by, I'd call them Southern Plains feeders. But as we start moving north into Nebraska, South Dakota, Iowa, what we see is that there's a huge preference for placing heavier cattle and not surprising that we even actually see eight, 900 pound placements. And those are like you, you mentioned, Darren, they're going to be coming out at 1,500, 1,600 pounds. What we've seen is that Nebraska really tends to prefer these. We're, we're talking about in the previous cattle on feed report, uh, you know, like 45% of all the animals placed that were 900 pounds or heavier were placed in Nebraska. And so a big, a big preference for um, this type of 
of weight classes. And really what that does in the long run is given that Nebraska is such a large uh, cattle on feed uh, state, what this ends up doing is that it ends up producing larger amounts of beef production at the end. And so when really we start to calculate how much beef is going to come to the market. We look at what the weight is that they're being placed at, what's the typical average daily gain, um, and then typical what harvest levels are going to be at. So if Nebraska tends to harvest at 15, 1600 pounds, then we just take the, the weight gain difference and then divide it by what we assume average daily gain is going to be. But those 800, 900 pound animals are definitely targeted toward that um, April market. As we do look at current market conditions, and you mentioned this earlier a little bit about the data out of Kansas looking at feed costs, do you think the feed cost conditions may encourage producers to market cattle a little more aggressively just because of the cost of gain that we're seeing right now and the value of that gain in relation to market prices? What's your perspective as we look at current conditions with that? Yeah, generally the academic research has said that um, the current corn price impacts current placements and that most production is going to be uh, assumed to, or that the price is going to be hedged in at the time cattle are placed. And so the current corn price is the largest indicator for us on what that, you know, feed cost is going to be like. Um, there is some conversation about people going unhedged and kind of just taking the cash on hand. Um, but normally when we look at uh, what producers, what we think they're going to do, um, it's mainly we're looking at corn futures pricing, adjusting it for basis by location, and then figuring out, you know, that, that's what their cost of gain is going to be. Dr. Dennis, anything else on this topic that you think would be of value to producers as they evaluate current market conditions and, and the factors that may influence them as we look to the rest of this fall and winter? I think it's uh, for the feeder cattle market, understanding kind of what are some of the dynamics happening in the fed cattle market, particularly as regards to placement weight, I think can help producers develop a product or and the type of cattle that will really be able to be sold in the local market. So if, as I mentioned, depending upon the time of year, feedlots in Nebraska tend to place heavier animals. And I think this provides a lot more incentives as we start thinking about, you know, cow-calf operations in Nebraska that potentially want to retain after uh, weaning and develop a product that they feel like they can get a higher price for or a total average price. Um, I think there's opportunities to develop those types of relationships uh, with Nebraska feeders. Um, particularly placing heavier cattle. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Aaron. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you can find this article. Again, the title of the article, Heavier Feeder Cattle Placements Amid Meat Processing Plant Issues.